Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name's Scott and I got three members of my fire family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Todd. Hello. Rob. Hello. And Ash. Hello. And tonight we're talking about, we have any news? We do have some news. Oh, we do? Yeah. Well, local news. Oh, that news. Well, worldwide news. Just coming off of uh, September 11th. Okay, I thought you were talking right. about his wedding. Yeah. Well, we can turn that into some worldwide <laughs> news. I mean, it's pretty epic. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, yeah, no, just, um, I was thinking about this today, that, you know, with all these feeds that kind of keep popping up as you scroll through Facebook and everything mm-hmm. else, with 9-11 and the memorials and stuff that kind of took place and the services, um, you know, I started thinking about, like, you know, where I was when it actually occurred. Like, I was mm-hmm. in training for a paramedic school. Um, and then leading up, after that is how everything kind of took place and, and how we all felt as emergency responders, like, and how, how big of an impact that actually was like worldwide for emergency responders. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was pretty huge. Um, and just, you know, you never forget about, you know, nine eleven, right. but over the time, you know, I've forgotten the emotions that I felt during it as emergency responder and, you know, talking with other firefighters uh, throughout the States and whatnot. And, and how impactful it actually is. And some of these these pictures and videos that pop back up, you know, reminding people, like, there was one truck stuck um, on uh, in one of the tunnels. And the guy was running. Know, going yeah. And he ditched his truck yeah. and ran. And mm-hmm. in that one article, it didn't actually say how long he ran, but I do recall it was an insane amount of distance he ran all the way up to it. And, of course, yeah. he was one of the ones who passed away right. and body was never found. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just shows that dedication, right, like, right. of the service level when you, when you need help and... And the way he went, it's pretty pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But well, it's crazy. I was on the Saturday there. I was getting up and getting ready for a bit of an event of my own. And, um, I'm not like a big Facebook share personal things, right? So it may have been my wedding day, <laughs> and the wife's like, "I can't help but notice you're on Facebook, and the only things I'm seeing you share are things about 9/11." And I'm like, well, yeah, like, it's pretty significant, right? And she's like, yeah, no, like, for sure. Just kind of making fun of me, like, even on my wedding day. I'm like, meh, I'm not going to post about that yet. <laughs> yeah, for well, first to be fair, you weren't quite, you were done yet, so yeah. we weren't sure how it was going to go. Wait until it's official. It either way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, the day played out. Yeah, as the day progressed, yeah, absolutely. But, so then, like, she posed a, a good question. She's like, she's like, like, she doesn't understand what that means really to us um and she's like like you weren't there she's like you actually weren't even a firefighter at the time Mm -hmm. i'm like that's true but there's still a lot of emotion and like just thoughts and feelings that go along with that getting back to the events that you now have appreciation for and like Mm -hmm. deep deep respect for the men and women that like you say like they couldn't even get there and they rushed to like they ran they they like we sit here as a service and we're like 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 we value us our shit over you and your shit because we got to make sure that we look after our own mm-hmm. but in a massive scale event like that like you know again you always come back to again that was one of the biggest rescue events ever held Mm -hmm. right so like the tragedy of all the lives lost but it was still a massive rescue event and like i i wouldn't hope i feel that today we would still respond 
very very similar and absolutely uh, probably would it's such an amazing feat to see what all happened there it's just something that like i don't think that she or a lot of like the general public can really wrap their head around and why like we gravitate to it and like pay so much respect to it every Mm. year especially on these like massive anniversaries but every every single year it's going to be a thing yeah and it should never not be well if you take a look at how many people come to our seminar mm-hmm. we get about 400 firefighters mm-hmm. so if you imagine all those firefighters that come to our seminar every mm-hmm. year are just gone, gone one day yeah what that would do to the province yes because there would be like there there would be a lot less firefighters in the province mm-hmm. so to, i was always like well how did they how did they pull that back together like in new york because yeah. mm-hmm. they lost a huge number of their mm-hmm. like whole stations were gone yeah yeah because they were getting in like every alarm so it's not just the ones on shift like everybody, yeah, everybody right like they, they, yeah. there were stations that lost all of their crew all of their apparatus they had like, retired firefighters yeah. you know mm-hmm. that weren't in service anymore came back and went and helped yes right. i like the story of uh, Steve Buscemi. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Who didn't want any recognition, mm-hmm. came back to to fill in and help, but didn't want people to know he was yeah. there. He filled that in was really cool. I didn't know he and... was a firefighter from yeah. New yeah. York. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, it's, it's, a lot of the focus always goes to the tragedy event, but then, you know, what about, you know, what kept the, the, the staff and trucks running for that service model? It's, it's after still New York. Like yeah. they're still, at the they're end still of the getting day, fires. Yeah. Like the next day, there's still going to be a car on fire. Yeah. There's still going to be a structure fire. There's still going to be, yeah, um, medical calls. Everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty. Uh, pretty crazy. But yeah, that's that's. Yeah, it just made me think. You know, like there's a lot of those little little things you forget about. Mm-hmm. So. And some big props. A couple of your members uh, took part. They in did. The yeah. Stair climb. They, they did the. Uh, the main stair climb up the valley, they, it got canceled because of COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but our couple of our guys, our members, um, uh, decided to, to carry on the tradition and, and did it in our hall. Did so I actually cool. puke in a barrel? I, th- I haven't talked to him yet. <laughs> I saw the bucket <laughs> afterwards. I think he may, may have, uh, allegedly. <laughs> Don't know for sure, but he was definitely <laughs> hovering it. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't the only puke that yeah. But Barb and, Barb and Gavir, they, uh, they kicked ass. They ran, ran the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I was thinking we should plan one year with your guys's hose tower there to do some sort of combined. Yeah, ours would be pretty boring. Stair climb, yeah. yeah, yeah. Come up yeah. here, mm-hmm. <laughs> that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. good. But the other big event that was mm-hmm. the wedding. It was quite the event. But dusted off, my dusted <laughs> off the uh, the old girl, the old fire truck, freight truck, the old girl. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> hey, what? I wasn't mentioning that about the wedding. Dusted off the old girl for the wedding. Yeah. Sorry, Cass. Wow. I meant I the fire truck. I didn't know you were talking about your wife for a second. I was talking about the fire truck. I dusted off my old, the old girl in front of her. Ash's wedding. Oh, man. That's what? Uh, if anything, we're the ones that need to get dusted off and, uh, and made presentable. We put it together pretty all right, though. Absolutely, we did, yeah. Yeah. Some of us kept it together for the rest of the night, too. Absolutely. Some less. <laughs> but anyways, congratulations once again. Why, thank you. I really appreciate that. Great event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so taking us to uh, <clears throat> what we're going to actually talk about this week. 
was uh, we had a scenario. So we hadn't done anything in a while because of all the wildfires. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was just kind of our first scenario we've done in a bit. Um, and, and as I've said in the past, we try to do scenarios based on what we've trained in the past few months. So one thing we were training a bit, uh, even though we didn't do much training, was uh, rope rescue. Mm-hmm. So over and back then. Um, so I'd actually talked to you guys a little bit about what scenario might we might do. Yeah. And then I said, uh, I think I said to you, because I know you guys messaged me that mo- a couple of days later, and mm-hmm. I said, no, never mind, I got it worked out. <laughs> and I, yeah. so, because I wanted to exclude you guys. Because mm-hmm. I want, because I think we talked about this before, it's never always, it's never good always having the same people we have to be running scenarios. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're never going to learn nope. always being the guy who knows it, whatever, what's happening. Yep. Um, so <clears throat> I talked to Carrie, who was on their training section, and Grant, who's also on their training section. Um, so we, we got together. Mm-hmm. It's pretty pretty simple, actually, scenario to set up. Um, it was over embankment. So we had a, we had a scenario was a bicycle, went over embankment, down, what, about 50 feet? I didn't actually see them set that up. Yeah, give up. or take. Yeah. yeah. So... Bicycle down the embankment, and then uh, Kevin, who's one of our other guys, who's been on before, uh, mm-hmm. he's um, he was down probably another 20, 30 feet, like wrapped around a tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so that was the scenario. That was going to be the, and I, I think you guys kind of knew that was what the scenario, like, mm-hmm. that was what we had planned. Yeah. And I had said we, we should probably have two patients, mm-hmm. I think. And... Uh, so literally Thursday morning, because Thursday night was another scenario, I changed it up. Because I'm thinking, okay, well, these guys know what's coming, mm-hmm. sort of, because we kind of talked about it. So as soon as you hear where it is in your minds, you're going to be like, oh, it's the scenario you guys were talking about. Yeah. So I, I decided to throw a little bit of a, a wrench in the... Little spokes. In the plan. Because <laughs> another thing we were trying to do this uh, month was get back to the swimming pool and do some... Mm-hmm. Uh, we we're going to do some uh, treading water with our clothes on because our local swimming pool closes in the winter because it's an outdoor pool. Um, so we do. Uh, we've done last year. We did uh, some treading water with our clothes on. We wore turnout gear to see what actually happens when you fall in a pool. Surprisingly enough, it's actually very hard to sink, um, contrary to what we thought. Um, mm-hmm. Swift water is a totally different matter. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, hard just, to move. It's just, it's just hard water. to sink, right? Uh, so you don't actually yeah. sink to the bottom like we thought you would in uh, turnout gear. Um, and the thought process for a little bit of that was like, you know, when we're in the shit and, and interface, you're going around fire. and you're setting something up or you're going to wrecky something and there's these backyard pools, there's no power. Right. And, and you don't see it. And yeah. <clears throat> next thing you're in the water or, you know, you're in a cistern or I want to say years ago, not when I was on and I don't think you were on, one of our guys fell in a septic hole. Oh, oh, years ago. That. Yeah. I've heard that story before. She definitely yeah. would want she, SCBA <laughs> on it for that. Yeah. So... Yeah. So we were like, okay, let's see what happens with turnout gear on. So the guys fall into turnout gear on, and everybody floated. And I actually had scuba gear on underneath them, making sure they weren't going to drown. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was like, oh, I don't know what this gonna, what's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was actually with my gear. I was inverting myself and kicking with my fins, trying to pull them under to see if I could actually get them waterlogged enough that they'll sink. And no dice. So then we actually, this is all last year. So then we brought out the SCBA, um, did some water work with that on, and then... Uh, we were kind of told you're not supposed to do that with SCBA, but whatever. It's good to test our gear. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all water resistant. It's just not made for going to depth. That's <laughs> right. And uh, so, again, we kind of pulled the guys under a bit, got them to breathe. Um, so it was all interesting stuff to do. We also did some water, uh, some treading water with our clothes on. 
um, stuff in case we fall in or in case we have to go jump in and save somebody. So we did that. So it was great last year. It was like a little team building thing. So this year we're going to do it again. But as I said, we were so busy with Wildland. Um, I think last week you had mentioned, oh, the pool's about to close. And I was like, oh, crap. Let's reach out. I haven't talked to anybody yet. Mm-hmm. So I got asked to ask and sure enough, they'd already drained it. Yeah. So it was a long, long weekend. And um, I reached out on the Tuesday and one of their guys, because they've got people working every day, uh, whether it's the week, you know, the weekend or not. Uh, they're a seven-day park, parks and rec. So one of the things was on the Monday, one of the guys drained the pool. <laughs> yeah. So we couldn't get the pool this year. But Ash offhandedly mentioned the lake. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, eh. <laughs> and when I said, eh, I actually thought, eh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so as soon as you said the lake, I was like, <laughs> So I kind of, I kiboshed it to Ash. But in my head, it was like, yes. Because <laughs> what we were going to do, this go-around in the pool, we were going to actually do some CPR. We were going to do uh, Drowning Patient. We were going to try to get Todd in. And, stuff, yeah. and Carrie, who uh, teaches our FR, we're going to try to get uh, them in to do some how to how to get a patient out of water, doing C-spine, get them out of water, do some CPR. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do that in the pool. So instead, what we did, um, Grant and I actually, um, we went down to the lake. <clears throat> I got like my, my son's little little kid's kayak, and I paddled out in the lake, and then I pretended to be a face-down drowning victim. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, but that was happening while you guys were doing your rope rescue. Mm -hmm. And again, I was kind of being a jerk about it, because what we were trying to do is we were kind of split the crew. We were trying to see what would happen if two calls came in at once, and that kind of worst-case scenario. And what happens if they're both rescues? Because we've done it before where it's like a rescue, oh, and there's also a fire. Mm-hmm. So it's easy because a rescue truck is tied up doing the rescue. All the gear from the rescue truck's there, and the and the engine can leave. Yeah. In this case, all the gear on the rescue truck was being used for the rope rescue, but the water rescue gear is also on the rescue truck. So <clears throat> I waited. Um, I was in contact with Carrie, who was on the other scenario, who was on the rope rescue scenario, mm-hmm. and I waited and. She contacted me. And she said, "Okay, yeah, they're pretty tied up. They've uh, <laughs> tied up. They have all the ropes out. Um, they're just starting to get, hook the basket stretcher up." And she said, "Go for it." So I made the second call. So I radioed and pretended I was dispatch. And she's <laughs> like, "I said, yeah, there's a uh, face down or a patient on a kayak. Someone can see him. He's face down in the lake. Hasn't moved in a bit." And, he, and Ash's response is. Of course there is dispatch. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so as soon as I said that, I threw my radio to Grant and I quickly paddled out in the lake because I wasn't sure how fast the response was going to be because it was actually just on the road. Um, chief came direct. Um, and unfortunately, the chief's car does not have any water rescue gear on. Mm-hmm. So there was that. Yeah. Um, and then the engine came. Um, and the engine and their um, speed, they got there quick, but again, didn't really have any gear for the mm-hmm. rescue. So um, that kind of splitting of the crew, it worked to what we wanted because we wanted to see what would happen. And it was good because now it made guys... Because I always find when we... If you, if, you, if we give everything and everybody passes every time, you don't learn anything. Mm-hmm. If you pat yourself on the back every time, you're like, yeah, we did awesome. Like, no one learns anything. Just like, sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a few missteps. Cause... There were some really good learning points from it, for sure. And things that I don't think would ever happen again. I mean, that was one of the biggest ones. There was so much haste to leave the scene that uh like nobody 
like and we sort of realize it up on our end so just to like back this up a bit um we've got um i think that bank is probably what a couple hundred feet 200 feet that's overall bank. <laughs> yeah it's great um and there's a roadway on the top and one on the bottom so when i'm going there so the call comes in scott's like go home <laughs> so i go to my house which happens to be kind of smack in the middle of both of these spots we're kind of right above the lake and then on the other side is like this big bank and um so i'm sitting there the call comes in and the funny thing is is i seen grant in his swim shorts so like i kind of make the smart ass comment like okay sweet i'll see you at the lake as i'm leaving to go to, go to my house so I'm like, oh, I'm going to be smarter than these guys. I, I know what we're doing. He's doing my idea. And then this comes in. I'm like, oh, maybe he's not, right? He's doing the other idea. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty interesting. So I respond, and it was great. So we have some new training signs that we got made up, which I think um, were awesome. So like, I'm coming around the corner, and I can see one of our guys' trucks there. So I, I kind of knew like where we were, but like... You might park somewhere, but where's the actual event, right? So I, I like did a, a quick drive by, and I couldn't see anything. And we purposely put the sign mm -hmm. a ways away from the incident. Exactly. So I drove all the way by, and I'm looking, 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 and I did have it out of the corner of my eye to see uh, Carrie, who was playing a passerby, who like called it witnessed in. and then called it. Right. So I spun around, pulled back quite a ways prior to where she was, left the truck there, lights on, just to alert anybody coming around the corner, and also to give a lot of room, because this is going to be a rescue, so we need room for the apparatus to respond. So we get there, and like this is a Thursday night, so we have everybody there, so I know I'm getting the fleet. So I'm trying to give direction of, like, I need the first two trucks rescue for sure to come up top. I want the next responding two to go to the bottom um, and basically split up the... the uh, manpower and again you never really know how many patients you're throwing at us so it was you know guys on the bottom we're going with thermal extra manpower on top we're going thermal you know searching for people um well and you knew that we were somewhere out there exactly so there's extra people which i don't see right so now i'm like looking bigger and bigger and we had some misinformation so like we came back with there was two patients but like it was i think speedy was like counting Carrie as a patient right yeah because even you said two patients to me because i was mm -hmm. acting as dispatch i was yeah. like <laughs> grant goes do we have another patient i'm like no i don't think so no he's like so, weird it's like well he was counting Carrie as a patient which it's okay so there was somebody that needed to be dealt with it just happened to be she needed to be dealt with with rcmp not ehs <laughs> right. so uh that was kind of interesting and then again like the truck got tied up immediately right um and when the call came in, so Bob went down to the bottom and I just basically said, like, Bob, I, I want you to be like, you take care of all the ops on the lower portion of this. I like, let me look after like the rope rescue side of it, but everything on, on the search side down, down below should be you. Um, just let me know whatever you get, which was great. Um, so everybody was doing the rescue. We were just getting ready to go over. And because it was medical, we heavily loaded FR trained people on the rope rescue side of it as well, which right. a lot of those people are, are crossover water people as well. <laughs> so a lot of those guys were tied up, which worked out to be a bit in the favor of you guys throwing the old wrench in the spokes. 
Um, and then again, when the call came in, so the chief was down below, and those guys in that second engine that was down on the bottom as well were the most ready to respond. But again, like Scott says, the big misstep was none of the gear that was required right. left with it, right? Which was taught fairly early, just not knowing what we were getting. So we had to make a snap decision before anybody even asked for it. I had gotten Dennis to go up top right. and start gathering some of the water stuff, yeah. um, which was good. So Dennis was operating one of our tenders. So like that's not required anywhere. It's just going to be a people mover. So he was gathering some of the gear. I'm like, grab a couple sets of basically everything and then get yourself down there. And uh, at some point in time, when they got there, they realized, yes, we have zero gear. Um, but then in his haste, a couple of things were grabbed that were... Because Dennis isn't, isn't a water guy either. No, so so he's, he, he's grabbing what he thinks is, is yeah, right. Yeah, I think someone said grab some rope. So he yeah. grabbed a bag of rope. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of came back later. A problem for them. Because yeah. the bag of rope that they grabbed was... Um, was it uh, was rescue rope. Mm-hmm. Which is Kermantle, which sinks. Yeah. Um, and we have floating rope. Yes. Um, and guys know this. Uh, I think just the... Again, that... that Spoken a wrench. The cluster, uh, of, the, spokes is, the cluster um, of how it came came in, which is very so Just grab some stuff mm-hmm. and go. So um, the uh, rope that was grabbed, again, wasn't the, wasn't the most ideal for water rescue because, again, it sinks. This was a flat water rescue, so it's not like you're in the river. So the, if it was river, or if it was, if that rope was going to get used in the river, <clears throat> Grant, because Grant was kind of the safety guy on the shore, yeah, he's like, I would have stopped him because he goes, I could see it was the wrong rope. Mm-hmm. He goes, but I knew we were doing flat water, uh, flat water rescue, a couple hundred feet out shore. Our lake's not very deep, um, and they're going to be in PFT. It's and they're going to be in PFTs. He's like, all it's going to do is tire them out. He's like, mm-hmm. it's not going to, it's not going to hook on a rock. It's not going to pull anybody under. Yeah, I'm just going to, they're going to get tired. <laughs> And they did. And they did. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so the two guys, two guys stepped up. Um, I was actually in my head. I'm thinking, okay, because when we were gonna do it, I was like, okay, on an any given day, what we do is we throw our, um, we throw our dry suits on, and go out there. Mm-hmm. Now the dry suits are really only they're they're really just like, they're not needed. They're they're good to have on a cold day. They're yes. they're necessary. Uh, they're they're, they're necessary yeah. PPE. But on a warm day like we were in. Um, warm water, they're not needed for a quick rescue. They're good to have. When you're in your street clothes, they're really good to have because then you don't get wet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, these guys didn't bring dry suits. So I was, I'm I'm like, kind of, because I'm I'm out floating the lake and some listen to everything and sounds traveling. So I'm kind of, I'm just kind of like laying on my kayak, just waiting for them because they can't see me because now it's getting dark. So they can see my kayak generally floating out there, but they can't see what I'm doing. So I'm like listening to them and I'm like, oh, they don't have any um, dry suits. Mm-hmm. I was like, and I didn't tell anybody to wear swim shorts today because sometimes I'm nice and I'll say, "Hey, we're doing, a, we might be doing a water rescue scenario tonight. Bring your swim shorts." I'll tell the water rescue guys. I didn't tell anybody anything other than Grant because mm-hmm. <laughs> I he, I wanted him as my safety guy if I, if I got in trouble or if anyone got in trouble. Yeah. So he had his PFD with him, and um, so these guys, I'm watching them. I'm like, oh, they're going down. They're dropping pants and going down in their underwear. Like, cool. Good for them. Mm-hmm. So they're standing in their underwear <laughs> waiting to go, and then the PFTs arrive. So they start swimming out, and I can hear them talking as they're swimming out. I'm like, oh, both these guys aren't, uh, they're not swift water guys. They're all, all our guys are trained on water awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, and flat water is totally different than swift water. Yeah. Flat water in a PFD is basically like you're swimming with your kid. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. It's like, it's pretty, pretty easy. 
Um, and they're doing a pretty easy rescue. They're just swimming around a few hundred feet <coughs> bring me back. So I'm kind of listening to them talk, and then I'm hearing one of them go, this rope's really heavy. <laughs> and I wasn't cluing in because I'm, you know, in my head, I'm, I'm just kind of, I don't know what rope they have. So he's like, and I'm just like, oh, can't be that heavy. And he's like, oh man, this thing's like an anchor. <laughs> so he's swimming out with this rope. So what was obviously happening was now it's dragging the bottom. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All sandy bottom there, but it's like he's dragging. And I was like, ooh. Afterwards, I was like, oh, that's why you're so tired. So they get out to me, they do their, they, they, as, as soon as they get to me, they touch the kayak and I, my, my, I like, I let, I do the whole, uh, Titanic <laughs> the, the, slip under, the slip under, <laughs> the, the Leonardo <laughs> and thankfully they grab me. <laughs> so they grab me, pull my head back up above the water and they, and one of them wraps legs around me for a second just to stabilize. And then they're like, okay. And I'm just like dead weight. So. They do a pulse check, and I'm kind of, I tell them, I'm like, yeah, yeah, pulse is lifeless. So, like, oh. so they start swimming back in. Uh, so one guy starts swimming back in. The other one, nicely, he takes my kayak back in for me, because I didn't want to have to swim out and get it, so that was a nice one. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he starts swimming the kayak back in. The other guy's swimming me back in. Um, and the rope they have tethered to them, obviously, it is now, it, it, it actually pulled itself into, so now they're, it's, it's not at shore anymore, because it was too far away. So the shoreline guys can't don't see the rope because it's dark and they don't know where the mm-hmm. rope is. So um, the one, first the first guy back he had to get it out and he had to kind of dig around and he finally found it as we're getting closer to shore and they pulled on it and unfortunately they didn't secure because again these are two um, all water guys and um, they didn't secure their um, D ring their D ring mm-hmm. properly um, and again it's not swift water so. They might not be thinking, hey, we need this thing because mm-hmm. you're not normally tethered. <laughs> right. Yeah. So as soon as they pull on it any weight, the D ring blows out. So now they have a loose, they have an, like a, they just pull an empty rope back in. <laughs> the short line guys. So now this poor guy, Ryan, Ryan had to swim back in. He's like, oh my God. Because <laughs> he's swimming me all the way back in. And turns out there's a little bit of current in that lake because I, I uh, stopped swimming when they started swimming out to me. I stopped. I, I was kind of kicking to hold position. As soon as I stopped kicking, I must have floated out another 50, 60 feet, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so swimming in, swimming in. Um, he's whispering into my ear. He's like, I hope you drowned. <laughs> he's like, I hope you get pneumonia, and I hope you drown. <laughs> yeah. Did you tell him I'm not in my underwear? <laughs> Feel the love. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad I have my wetsuit on because it was getting a little chilly. You know, yeah. for that long. So anyways, we swim back into shore, and they pull me in, and... Uh, once they hit shore, it was, it was, everything was like clockwork because now it's CPR. So um, they've been hitting their CPR really a lot lately. Mm-hmm. So uh, they laid me on the ground. And as soon as they laid me down, Grant got the uh, one of their dummies, brought it over, flipped it out for me. I got up and then they started doing their... Uh, Free sauce. Yeah. Yeah. And then I stayed out of the way. And then uh, once they got, like they did the AD, they, they made a training AD going. They did the whole nine yards. And uh, once we... Uh, the pulse back they um i laid back down they pulled the dummy out of the way i laid back down and i started like i'm like like puking and <laughs> i wasn't actually puking i was actually afterwards i was like, like damn it i should have yeah. got some like like orange juice or something in my mouth and spit it all over him. <laughs> but it's covid so <laughs> make it as realistic as i could but then uh so they flipped me over and yeah, just basically ran me through all that and did blood pressure and everything. And it's nice now because you guys, um, you guys made some training FR kits too. Right? Yeah, we mm-hmm. did. So it's a lot easier to do that simulation event, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that part went great. Um, 
like I said, there's a few missteps in the water part. But we haven't trained water rescue. And I apologize to the guys. I said, you know what? We haven't trained water rescue all year. Because usually in the summertime, we train water rescue mm-hmm. a couple times. This year, because of the fires, we didn't get a chance to train any of it. Yeah. And water rescue, like, we maybe train it once a year. That's right. Because it's one of those low level things that happens here. But it, it's always swift water. It's not the static water. It's always swift water. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't trained any static water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys reminded me, they said, you know... Where I was was the exact spot we did we rescued that kid the ice that fell through the ice a number of years ago, yeah. mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, really? Because I wasn't actually on that call; um, I was working. But they said that was the, that was pretty much the exact point where they pulled me. <laughs> I was like, oh. So uh, now we have a few guys training in ice rescue, so we're going to do that awareness course. Yeah, mm-hmm. like once it gets cold again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, overall, it was good uh, doing those two things. It really, um, I think, it really caused some. Uh, Issues which we wanted. We wanted yes. we wanted some issues, but we didn't want, like... Failures. Yeah, failures. So, no one failed. Like, it no. was just, you know, because the thing is, at any point when those things went wrong for Ryan... Yeah. He could have went, fuck this, and gave up. That's right. Like, you he could have went, this it. is just a scenario. He could have he mm-hmm. went, this is a scenario. This is ridiculous. Kick your feet. I'm not, I'm not swimming with you anymore. Mm-hmm. He could have did that. He didn't. Yeah. If I can work through it, swam... Like 500, 500 feet with me <laughs> being dead weight for him the whole time. So, um, like, every time uh, something would go wrong with him, they mm-hmm. just rolled with it. That's right. Like, the rope got pulled in, um, rope went underwater, they, the him and Glenn just rolled with it. Yeah. They just kept going. And the whole, and the, and the shoreline guys just kept rolling with it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, it was it perfect? No. But no one gave up. Everyone just kept doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's, what, that's, if anything else, that's what we ask. Yeah. There's no like, nah, we're out of here. Yeah. You can't just, this isn't a, a job or a place where you can just give up. For sure. Where you can just walk away. Yeah. Like some some people's, some people's work ethic, not not in our hall, but some people's work ethic at actual work is more like, yeah, you guys don't pay me enough, I'm out of here, and they'll leave. Right. <laughs> but that doesn't happen here. <laughs> or I'm, hopefully it doesn't happen on any fire grounds. Yeah, no. No, it wouldn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's good, it's good they're able to overcome that because like, so the, the initial response is, oh shit, we got another call. Let's roll. Yeah. Get, get rolling. And I think mm-hmm. that sounds like kind of what happened with that engine rolling. Yeah. Whereas, oh shit, everything's on the rescue truck. Because it's usually always the opposite like you mentioned, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So usually you have that other truck going to support what else. Whatever else is there. When I was telling mm-hmm. Carrie, because literally that Thursday morning is when I decided we're going to do water. Yeah. Um, when I was telling Carrie what we we're going to do, she said, well, where are you going to have the water gear stored if we're going to do a water rescue? And I'm like, oh, it's going to be on the rescue truck. And then she kind of realized what I was doing. She's like, oh, you're mean. <laughs> I was I like, like yeah. So then I was like, oh, what if we did, because this would be, this would have been an easier scenario for you guys. If I would have, I said, okay, what if we did the water rescue first? And then we did the rope rescue. Yeah. Because it's a lot easier to just pull some water gear off and then drive away with the rescue truck. Because right. the water gear would be off, the rescue truck could drive away, it's got all the rope gear on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Grant said, no. He goes, let's let's make it hard. Let's make it as hard as we can. And this is, so this way is harder because now the ropes are all attached to the truck. Yeah. Because that's what we use. Yeah, you got your mm-hmm. anchor points. Anchor yeah. points are all on there and they're, they're attached to the truck. Mm-hmm. Could they be attached somewhere else? Sure. Like if the rescue truck, so, so if we had a car accident, say at the same time. Maybe a scenario in the future. <laughs> if, we had a, if we had a rope rescue and a car accident at the same time, could we quickly detach that rope gear, drive the drive the rescue truck away, and hook mm-hmm. up to the officer truck or an engine and carry on with the rope rope gear? Or could we just take our second engine that has also has rescue tools and drive away and mm-hmm. figure it out? Yeah. 
that's another option. Okay. Yeah, this is a lot harder switch, like I said, because everything is attached mm-hmm. yeah. to that one unit, right? Yeah. Um, whereas that other water rescue, it's still easy enough to come off, but you got to take that moment to yeah. switch over and start For grabbing sure. it. Yeah. 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 And really, Which the is flat water. Our normal go to. Yeah. Really, the flat water, you don't need a lot of gear. You need a couple PFDs. Mm-hmm. PFDs, swimmers in the water. Yeah. 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 Just get out there. Uh, you know, and that's one thing I always, we were talking on our debrief. It's like, we just have to, you know, it, they're different. Like the ropes and the water rescue are different. All the rescues are different. But what's the one thing rescues always have in common is the first thing we want to do is we want to get there. We want to stabilize the scene. Yeah. We want to send a, a responder in to make patient common, contact. Make patient contact. Even an accident. We want to make patient contact. Mm-hmm. Even if, you know, if power lines are down in the car, patient contact by a, by a loud hailer. Or we want to make patient contact somehow yeah. and just get them to calm and stabilize it and mm-hmm. hold and then mm-hmm. figure out our plan. So the same thing as water rescue. We want to swim out there, get a hold of the person, and then either swim back in or get the, then then the rest of the guys get the plan rolling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and same thing as ropes. And on, on this lake of yours, too, to paint the picture, like it's not a, a large lake where there's um, uh, speedboats or no, it's not like your lake. right? Like, no. Yeah. So it's usually, if there is any boats, it might be a little fishing boat, if anything, mm-hmm. at best. If yeah. not, other than that, it's like a recreational. You get your kayaks and you stand up paddle boards and stuff, yeah. and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah. a very realistic rescue that you would have. Somebody yeah. have an issue out yeah. kayaking or paddle boarding, mm-hmm. slip and fall, maybe crack a head, unconscious, now you're in a drowning scenario, whatever it could have been. But that's a very viable. Because in some in some cases, like I was thinking about actually this other day, our, our lake mm-hmm. and the other lake. That's north of us. That's not in our area, but just touches our area. Yeah. Um, those two lakes are almost actually harder for rescue than your lake. Your lake's much bigger, but in the summertime, you have boaters going everywhere. Yeah. So I feel a boater would probably be make the grab before before even you guys got out there with your And boat. that's looking back at all of our lake rescue calls that we attend, um, other than a handful of select drownings at this one point mm-hmm. where people walk out to and there's a big undercurrent and, and that yeah. happens. Um, whereas, but that one that our access is, we are able to walk there and then perform a search. Uh, and then usually that's where we find them and then do the resuscitation. Right. Um, whereas all of our other lake rescues or boating incidents, high 90% of the time, if not all of them, all the time, usually another boaters grab them or right. have gone to their aid. Uh, mm-hmm. while we ha- have other, services in place like we have the police boat going out there we don't have a boat yet that's in our in our future here um but we don't have that response capability yet because and it it is it's fast so we're always finding we're getting information we're going to a dock and then we're stabilizing them on that boat and extricating them out to the dock and then Mm -hmm. having them off to ehs yeah so that's that's majority of ours yeah and i find that with uh i I watched that bondi rescue show Mm -hmm. one from australia Mm -hmm. and the guys are you guys have seen all those Yeah. yeah yeah Um, the guys are always out there, but there's always surfers and the surfers usually, usually will make a grab before, well, not before, but sometimes the surfer will make the grab before the lifeguard gets out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's always, I think there's always people around. Um, but on these other lakes, they're non-power boat. Like there's right. like, you're not allowed to have power boats in either one of those lakes. So, uh, the chance of actually running into somebody, especially in the middle of the night. That's right. is much harder mm-hmm. um, for a rescue. I mean, it's going to be a swimming rescue probably, or, uh, or we'll have to take a kayak out or a boat or something. Yeah. 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 Going back to what Ash and I were involved in Mm -hmm. with the rope rescue, um, I had the sort of luxury of having a few weeks before that gone through similar rope rescue training with Matt, who's our semi-rope guru, and uh, 
We don't have an altar to him right now. But, <laughs> 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 but uh, I got to, I was the, so yeah, you were the duty officer on that. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up being the officer on the rescue truck. Yeah. And had Matt in the back seat, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, as well as uh, two of our black helmets in the back as well. Uh, one who had just gone through FR, so... Um, Which for us, black helmets are rookies. Like they're rookies, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. The newest members. Um, so I immediately knew what I wanted to do, which it kind of instructed from Matt on that one Thursday night practice, mm-hmm. which was I wanted Matt and I, I picked uh, Mauricio to go with him down the hillside, take the medical bag, and start assessing the patient right away. Grab a quick throw bag and just do a quick tie off and go down the hillside. And, and sent both of them, one, because Matt knows what he's doing and mm-hmm. can get down there, and two, Mauricio's mm-hmm. new, and get him kind of learning that stuff, and Matt's a good guy to pair right. up with. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, from there, getting a rope set up done and, and, mm-hmm. and making the rescue back up. But one of the things that Matt taught me that Thursday night, because we all kind of like to get our hands in there and get involved, and... Kind of pulled me aside that Thursday night and said, "Rob, you got to detach yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't get your hands in there. You know, see the scene. Tell the guys what you want them to do. Get them and to let do it. it. Yeah. Let it happen. And so uh, that's why I like our scenarios is that we we make them almost real life. And that's oh, yeah. how I treat them because, mm-hmm. like you say, we kind of just go ho hum. You know, oh, it's another training night." No, when it's a scenario, treat it like it's real life. Yep. Yeah. And real time. Inevitably, yeah. inevitably, a week or two later, we're going to have the same thing. Yeah, it seems to be the yeah. theme. <laughs> it's yeah. a theme. And, right. and yeah, I felt really confident in what I was getting the guys to do and yep. what we had going on and the direction we were going on for the rescue. Um, and, and I told Matt, and I had to thank him for that because that scenario, I picked up on what I needed to do and totally... Mm-hmm. Detached. Not getting my hands in there and not and get, keeping detached so that I can yep. focus on. And of course, I didn't know that we had a second call going on until Ash told me because I'd switched over to one of our secondary Tasha. channels mm-hmm. and was communicating myself with Matt for any medical stuff so that we weren't tying up radio channels. So, mm-hmm. which actually that's that's kind of cool that that happened because yeah. you don't need to know there's another call going on. No, no, exactly. Yeah. So, just the the overall scene there. We had the rescue truck park kind of directly above the patient. Um, I was sort of a little bit, like, maybe 20 feet to the north of the call. Like, kind of the best view of everything. And I kind of basically, like, until everything was rolling, kind of stayed there so I could see the patient. I could see you guys. Um, Rob was my, like, you, you took point with that truck. Yeah. So, like, we just said, we need to get... Well, I, I need guys down there. We need, you know, to see what we have with the patient. I have been in verbal contact with Carrie. And, like, she, I felt, was trying to coax me to come closer. And I was like, ah, I got to be here. And that was, you know, really hard. She's like, oh, my God, come on down here. Da, 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 da. And, like, ha- halfway through, she's like, and there's a medical bag right there. And I'm like, where this, where did this bag come from? She's like, it's ours. And I'm like, like, ours, like as an actor or ours oh no, no no like it's our okay yes this is our prop bag now that i see it okay yeah okay she's like yeah so use that i'm like okay yeah 
So that's that's there. I kind of backed back myself back up. So I had you, which was like you took points on the rescue side of it, um, and you kind of stayed. So a third of the way down, there's like a goat path that you can walk down, and you kind of posted up right there for the most part. So like you were like the over edge guy that could see directly every portion of that rescue side of it. Uh, we had Matt, which is right on the patient, and then I had Speedy. Our deputy chief was another officer that went over with some more medical gear. So, like, he stayed on my channel. So, Speedy was my direct at the patient where you were working with Matt for the rescue. Yep. And then Jason, our other officer, was up looking after the hull line. So, we had people, uh, or we had officers at every point. Um, and like Rob says, we, we were all detached, which was great. Um, we had people in every spot doing a job. Um, and I mean, I think the rescue side of it, it was a little slow. Like we were, you could definitely see some, some, some rust. Cause again, like ropes aren't our strong point, mm -hmm. but we made it happen. There was enough, uh, people that are very confident in it that could then walk people through. Like I know Jay pop popped over yeah. and like really started to like, Hey, do this okay do this um and again like some of the equipment wasn't perfectly set up the way that we generally like it um but by the end of the call it all went back in proper everything went really really well there um once the patient was brought up um you know again we, we kind of had a bit of a um ambulance delay so that was yeah, the I idea the delay, yeah. right yeah. so um we were oh and then you actually made a really good call mm-hmm because I heard you over the radio. I was out in the. I was already out in the water. Right. So when um, when the drowning came in, um, I heard Ash go over the radio a couple minutes in, mm. and he said, "Dispatch, uh, tell the ambulance to come to go to the our second call first because this person does not need immediate medical attention." Yeah. Go to the second call first because that's obviously mm -hmm. like the drowning guy. Because we were about, lake. Yeah. at that point, we were about five <laughs> minutes out of EHS arrival and. 40 minutes out of the secondary car coming. Um, so... Like, we're doing CPR on the beach. Yeah, yeah. like, they're on the chest. And, like, Matt came and talked with me afterwards, and he sat down at, like, when we all met up at the beach afterwards. He's like, never tell the ambulance what to do. He says, give them all the info. And I'm like, I get that. Like, I completely do. Um, but with the info that I was given, because he's like, you don't know, this guy could be, in, you know, internal bleeding. He's got, like fractured pelvis and yada 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 never tell him what's what's going on and i think it's back to that triage thing though yeah so but yeah. and in yeah. my mind to me, that's, that's i was triaging yeah, triage as a ic i was mm. triaging the level of patients yeah. that we or the number of patients that we had the responding units and the level of care that was that was uh required now yeah. not potential we had somebody that was unconscious that you guys were and we just i think either they just brought him back so yeah. yeah, I guess it was a little later because they had just brought me back mm -hmm. or they were in the process yeah. of bringing mm -hmm. me back. It was right there. Like, I think yeah. you guys were out on the shore already because I was, I went and grabbed the second radio yeah. and I was monitoring both then. And, uh, I asked him like, I want a patient update. So before I made that call, I, I radioed down and said, what is our patient status? And it was, he was stable, uh, banged up, but there was no major sign like mm -hmm. right. Basically, some bust, he was drunk, <laughs> and right. some uh, busted bones like that. Yeah. So what was your call on that? Was so with you yeah, so with that, like uh, when Hark 
every call is going to be go through the same triage process and dispatch, yeah. uh, essentially. So uh, through our MPDS system, it'll get color coded to the level of priority call. So mm -hmm. the drowning one is going to trump it. That's going to come in as a purple call. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then even with Ross back, if you guys got that back, uh, that it's still it's still going to trump it. So that ambulance resource will be redirected to that. Yeah. Um, but 100% uh, update get dispatched to update the patient condition because mm -hmm. uh, they will be looking for that again because yeah. it's still in the queue as a high priority call. Um, however, giving those dispatchers even more of a picture of, hey, this is the patient condition. This is this is his uh, his vitals. Uh, this is what we see. Um, you know, that's going to help them paint that picture like, okay, do we need to uh, downgrade it or are we probably going to keep it as a high, as that level of red or whatever mm -hmm. color code it is. Um, however, it's going to paint that response model as well. For sure. Because like, you could be yeah. having air support coming. You can have other ground support. Mm -hmm. so. Like, I don't look at, as you told the, the paramedics with you, you told dispatch to inform the paramedics of yes. where they sh should go because mm -hmm. you knew you're the guy on the ground. You know what was. Yeah. I mean, like you said, they're probably going to get the, the, the way that comes in. They're, they're going to have the... But we know there's mistakes that are made. No, exactly. Um, so you're going to dispatch the dispatcher patient could've... information. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the guy came out of a kayak and he hurt his toe. Like, it could have came in as yeah. so totally wrong. Yeah, they'll, and they'll, they'll, ask, for, they'll ask for a specific yeah. patient update. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. so, yeah. yeah. No, that was good. Yeah, I mean, was good trying to look after the scene that I was on while Monica and the other one, mm -hmm. um, I could see the level of care that our patient required at, at that moment. And I could hear the level of care that your guys were yeah. giving you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like Kevin was drunk and busted yeah. up. Yes, he definitely required some some serious yeah. care. But uh, um, yeah. <laughs> back to realism and scenarios. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, we, so we have uh, newer guys on right now. And the new guys haven't seen a lot of scenarios. So um, uh, like they've been to a fair number of calls now. Mostly grass fires this year. Yeah. Um, so one of our newer guys, uh, I guess what happened, they they go to the um, over embankment scenario. He, I think he knew that that was a that was a yeah. a training scenario. Mm -hmm. And then um, so then the same guys, those guys kept come to the drowning call, and they're on shore, and he sees the guy stripped down naked, and they get, or not naked, they strip down their underwear, and they go swim out, and they they're bringing this lifeless person back. And um, one of the one of the newer guys goes to one of our senior guys. He's like, "So, like, um, what are we gonna do?" And and one of our senior guys is like, "Well, that guy'd be drowned by now because we were, it took us quite a while to get out there." <laughs> like he kind of under like he understood the delays. Yeah, and he's like, "So, like, he's like dead." <laughs> and our guy's like, "Well, he's not really dead. This is a scenario." This is a scenario? <laughs> He's like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, Which is awesome, because that means like he was like invested. He was invested, in it. yeah. Nice. <laughs> so there was a high level of realism there. Yeah. I mean, he didn't have comms on him, so he didn't hear oh, the yeah, fake dispatch. He just seen the intensity of Bob leaving. Yeah. Um, and we got lights going. And, yeah, I mean, like, we, don't, we don't drive around Code 3, but we... Mm -hmm. we I don't think Bob emergency. left his lights off. Like, I didn't think uh, no, his, his lights, lights off. were off. Um, he, he, he loves those overhead bright lights and oh, blind yeah. everybody. Actually, uh, a guy I know was walking his dog. And he's like, I'm going to smash out your Chiefs lights. <laughs> he's <laughs> blinding me. I was walking on the road. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, I, yeah, I think he didn't go Code code at all like until he mm -hmm. got and then once he hit the beach near the beach he, he turned his lights on turn which on. again back to realism uh, as soon as he turned his lights on um people because there's a campground right near there 
these all these guys came running over thinking that there was actually a drowning going on because they could hear the radios and they're like and I think maybe one or two of them were off duty firefighters because mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of firefighters actually hang out at that campground. Not our, not from our department. Yeah, um, mm. other areas. And so these guys come running over, and I'm watching them because I'm again, I'm out in the lake, so I can see everything on the shore. They just can't see me, so I can see what's happening on the shore. <laughs> I see this guy, and he's like, he's literally like taking his shirt off. He's about to go for a swim. I'm like, ooh, I'm like, oh, that guy doesn't try to swim out here because <laughs> he looks like he's had a few. <laughs> so, but then they said, no, no, it's just a training night. We're just doing some training. They're like, oh, so then they left. So, so I mean, we try to make it as real as possible. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think going back to what you're talking about with the uh, radio comms too and, and switching channels is super key key mm-hmm. point to bring up as well as uh, you know anytime we have a uh, uh, couple different events going on at the same time you know unfortunately we are stuck to that one dispatch channel so we can talk to our dispatchers mm-hmm. however we need to be switching those comms so we're not yeah. keeping that airway um, chatter you know busy for, for both scenes mm-hmm. so it's super important switching to another TAC channel uh, or if the TAC's tied up or it's going to interfere with, with the other one if, on proximity uh, switch to a completely different channel like for us so maybe our OFC uh, is yeah. an option right mm-hmm. things like that because uh, I know a lot of uh, large departments like when you're dispatched you're told what channel you're going to be operating on mm-hmm. right? yeah. whereas we don't have that ability yeah. we're always on that that kind of one repeater channel until we choose to switch Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're lucky enough to have two tech channels, so we were able to use both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it definitely worked out well. Um, I think as soon as you guys switched over to attack, uh, it really cleared up the air. Second call come comes in, it got a little bit busy. Um, somebody had already said, "Hey, like let's clear the air, so we're not talking over both of us." And I think I radio back, yeah, copy everybody on this scene, switch to attack one then, because you guys were already there. Like, kind of right off the jump, which is we, awesome. We had planned for it on the way in the truck. I had Absolutely. already said to Mac, grab a radio, go tech one. Mm-hmm. Well, in the water rescue again, like, we have some waterproof radio bags, but mm-hmm. the guys don't need it. You're That's all line of sight. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's going to be all, like, either whistles or, or yelling. Okay. Mm-hmm. No. Um, just because, again, flat water, swim out, grab them, swim back. Yeah. yeah. And signals, yeah. yeah. You know, I really got to give the guys credit on the ground, you know, yourself and, and Speedy and Jay, um, for what was a clusterfuck as it always is, turned into be, like, my job was crazy easy. Um, you know, just gave some super quick tasks and then monitored it was, uh, um... Why did I give you that task? <laughs> yeah, so we're sitting around, he's like, ah, well, Ash is getting married, I'm just gonna give him... The IC job. <laughs> take his mind off marriage. <laughs> yeah, I kind of took it like this is the last time that you'll be the boss of anything. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually I pick somebody, I'm like, eh, it's Ash. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, well, I think uh, our rescue would have been quick, mm-hmm. and I think, of course, Matt being the medic and down the hillside there took it as a, a little bit of a teaching moment too mm-hmm. to yeah. go over the guys that had any. Uh, FR training mm. that we're down treating the patient to kind of get them to assess yeah. and mm-hmm. how do we move this guy and uh, you know what? and it's actually funny because someone reminded me of because back to the if we do it in the scenario it happens yes later we've said this before like we've uh, this last scenario we had was a big one where we did the wild wildfire scenario yeah. where you were mm-hmm. helping us yeah we threw the um, blocks of wood out and the guys were attacking it and what do we get two weeks later massive wildfire Mass yeah. in which we use the bump and bump and run stuff and, yeah. and the anchor hole we use basically everything you guys oh. practice that night yeah. there 
Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the newer guys was like, man, that does happen, doesn't it? And then I think previous to that, we, we did something, it was like a roof on fire or something, and we did something, I can't remember. Yeah. But anyways, it basically, there's always, this, we do a scenario, and then it happens. Um, well, on this week end, we get a call, and I didn't even think about this. Um, this person had fallen off their bike, and they went down a small embankment, so it was like literally like four foot embankment. It wasn't much of an embankment. And after we get her over in the ambulance, uh, someone's like, See, once again, your scenario, we just did a scenario where a guy went over a <laughs> cliff on a bike. I'm like, mm-hmm. you're right. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm not associating because we didn't use ropes and no one fell 50 feet. But it was like, yeah, that person did fall off an embankment and, yeah. on a bike. And, yeah. and they was should be asking Scott, you know, what uh, next week's lotto number should be. <laughs> it's like the Simpsons. We predict no, the future we, sometimes. Yeah, we really <laughs> scenarios. I yeah. still think the best one is we had, we had one uh, rollover practice. And we have a photo of oh the vehicle on its side, a minivan on its side, and 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 then I think it was the next morning or the, the next day we had a minivan on its side, same side, and like you put the two photos sides like side by side and roof flap, it was identical. Like, Crazy, yeah. You could have done that call with your eyes closed. Um, it was nuts. It was like spot on the same. Um. So, I mean, these things do come true. Uh, a couple guys are like, man, we should practice more structure fires. And like, well, <laughs> it is fall, so here they come. <laughs> yeah. And we almost had one today. Yeah. Um, yeah. It came in as a structure fire. Mm-hmm. Um, a quick minute on that one. Yeah. It turned out to be a pretty simple call. It in, was, In general, yeah. it was just basically yeah. two vehicles on fire. Yeah. One was a little larger than the other, but... Mm-hmm. Driving from the loca- from the hall down the highway, it looked like there was it looked structure. like everything was on fire. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it was big black smoke, like, and it was a call. I mean, it was pushing, so there was. It looked like it was happening. There was some excitement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it turned out to be so. We had a a big structure fire there about two years ago now. Yeah, we talked about that. I think that was where Big Walter came in. It might have been the Big Walter talk. Yeah, yeah. so. It was a packing house with multiple additions, and we had like it was it was a big fire. Um, but what's left now is just a flat concrete, concrete slab. slab, slab, yeah, basically that they parked all of their shit on, and um, somebody had their their motorhome and their vehicle next to it, um, and they were like working out of that because um, it's harvest season, and this mm. is in an orchard setting, so. Nice. There was no major exposures, but yeah, again, like when you pull up and this thing was rocking, it was fully involved, and then the car caught on fire next to it, and um, Rob's got a really good video of some shit popping off, and mm. I mean, it it looked really impressive, but like I was second second truck officer, and like you're rolling up thinking like, hey, we're gonna you know pull a couple lines for exposure protection, and 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 then we pull around the corner, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. Let's just walk up and help them. Because yeah, <laughs> one engine and two lines was all that was required. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it was nice to hear, like, we were driving out and the guys in the back were already talking about, like, hey, what do we need? Like, they were getting masked up. Like, everything was everything was clockwork. They were, you know, are, yeah. are we pulling lines? Are we pulling one line? Are, like, everybody was chatting. It was perfect. Um, it just, there was nothing to do once we got there. <laughs> and our minds have been on wildfire season that we mm-hmm. haven't really been... 
it was good just to switch back else. over. And then like a, a a low impact, like you you love structure fires. Like everybody like look yes, let's have a ton of these. But at the end of the day, that's gonna it's like know, a warm up. It's like we have yeah. a warm up wildfire every mm-hmm. year. It's like a warm up structure fire. Yeah, right. You never <laughs> we haven't had in a while. <laughs> go and displace a family like that's terrible, yeah. right? But uh, I mean, you hate to be there, but you love to be there, right? So. Um, this was like a great, a great warm up to to get that mind back out of wildfire season and mm-hmm. back switched on, and the guys had it immediately. It was it was really really good. It's always cool. Like it sucks coming late, but it's cool coming late sometimes because mm-hmm. I'm I was at work so I, and I had the duty truck, so I left work. I was actually just going for lunch, so I was like, oh, I look at my phone. Oh, that's it. that's cool. <laughs> and so I jump in the truck, start feeling out there. I'm going code three, come around the corner. I'm like, ho ho! I see the big cloud because you guys haven't got there yet. Yeah. By the time I crested the hill and I'm coming like closer, um, you guys just started actioning it, and it's always cool to see like the ba- the black cloud, and then it's like then it, the white cloud, yeah. <laughs> and then no cloud. <laughs> it's yeah. like, and then by the time I parked the truck and I got out in the water and the tender showed up, I'm like, hmm. party's over, the smoke is gone. <laughs> yeah. the, the smoke cloud actually drifted, yeah, and settled on another part, and one of the RCP members comes up. He's like, "You guys have a second fire?" I'm like. I don't think so. And he's like, what's that? I'm like, looking. I'm like, and him and I are both looking. I'm like, yeah. And he goes, I'm just saying, because we had a disturbance call there earlier today. I'm like, oh. So I'm like, looking. I'm like, I'm not going to leave that to chance. So, so actually, uh, Speedy showed up in the bush truck. Just mm-hmm. as extra manpower. And I'm like, hey, can you guys go check that to make sure that's just smoke settling? Because yeah. it actually had settled. And then it, and then it must have hit a hot like a hot pocket in the valley because it started pushing back up in the air. So it yeah, looked yeah. like it was rising. And we're, I mean, there was some people were both like, mm. yeah, I don't want to be that guy that just ignores the fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sure did look like it took that smoke to dissipate for yeah. a long time. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was nothing, of course. But yeah. 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 Um, so back to the scenario, um, back to the realism of the scenario. Um, one thing we had happened that night. So, Usually when we do scenarios, so for every Thursday for since 1922, mm-hmm. I think, I don't know, I wasn't around then, but I think we've always had practice on Thursdays, as far as I remember. As far since as I, I know, mm-hmm. and as far as, like, my dad was never in the department, but he had friends in the department, um, I always remembered Thursday night, and, uh, you know, I remember the siren going off on Thursday night, so yeah. always Thursday night. So for uh, at least 45 years... Yeah. <laughs> And longer, we've always had practice on Thursday night. So kind of, like, we have this air raid siren that goes off. It's kind of a little cool throwback. We still run it every Thursday night. It runs because it's actually a good thing for guys that are, um, you know, maybe your pager's away, you don't have your phone on you. Um, it's it's told me there's fires a couple times. That's yep. a bit of tradition, right? Yeah, it's a tradition, yeah. yeah. People actually in town like it because then it kind of lets people in town know we're coming. Right. Um, well, the flip side of that is it also lets people in town know that they can hop on Facebook and, and go, ask, what's the emergency? Yeah. <laughs> or or what's, with the air, what's with the areas are yeah. like yeah. every time? Because new people anyway. in town. Um, so every Thursday night, siren goes off. That kind of reminds people in town, hey, fire, firefighters are practicing. Practice night, yeah. Mm-hmm. So... And recently, we started putting signs up. If so, we're not at the training ground. Yeah, if we're not at the training ground, we start putting signs up. Training in progress. Training in progress. Um, we have two big signs. Mm-hmm. Um, on this particular night, I had to use one sign at the overbankment, and then we used one sign at the water. Do we have to? No. We do. For courtesy. 
Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> um, we had someone show up and quite, you know, concerned because they were concerned that there was uh, a real rescue going on. Yeah. And our guys were like, well, no, it's just practicing. And this person was very concerned. Like, well, you guys should tell everybody. It's like, well, the reason why we don't tell everybody is because we we kind of, I, I can't, t- like, I, I, I was actually contemplating, like, should I throw it? Like, because every night, I like, when we do scenarios, I'm like, sometimes I throw it out on Facebook. But I try not to because I don't want to tell people. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to tell you guys what we're yeah. going to be doing. Because then yeah. you guys just have to go on Facebook and be like, oh, sweet, we're doing uh, over Megan at a water rescue. Yeah. Um, could we every Thursday throw out, hey, reminder, we'll be practicing tonight? I don't think so. Because, again, that's what the siren's for. That's what 100 years of <laughs> doing it is for. Anyway, she, this person was quite concerned that that we didn't go around and uh, and tell everybody that we were doing it. Um, but it was, it's just such a large area, and yeah, you can't like, you can't yeah. feasibly go door to door for blocks on end no. telling people. Because, yeah. like, like Bob said, the second we stop, like, if we go, okay, we're all, we're gonna go from this house to this house. Well, the next house over is gonna be like, how can you guys didn't tell me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so what's the answer? Not do it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, like not tell anybody at all, and just yeah. have signs up, have your lights going, or broadcast it on Facebook. But then someone's gonna miss it for sure. Or put a newspaper ad out, <laughs> go up and down the street like an ice cream truck. <laughs> or yeah, you can only do so much though, yeah. right? Oh, like yeah. so, mm-hmm. like it's it is a training night. Um, it's it's the same night all the time. It's always during the same couple of hours. Yeah. Um, and you guys have gone even further, putting signs out. Uh, close to the event. That's yeah. um, right. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's pretty good because yeah. it is just courtesy. And I like courtesy. There was uh, one one person we parked um, two of our pickup trucks in front of while we were doing this. We were loading the bike and unloading the bike and everything. So I actually knocked on her door and I said, hey, just so I know we're going to be here training. Um, can, we park, can we have this pickup truck parked here? She said, yeah, no problem. So this is awesome. Um, so I did tell her because we were literally mm-hmm. in her, kind of in her driveway. Yeah. But I didn't tell anybody else. Um, the only time I t- normally tell people that we're doing something is obviously if we're going to be in their yard, if they're going to actually be doing private something. Private property stuff. Private yeah. property. Um, we try to, um, if we know it's private property, one time we didn't actually know it was private property and the guy came and started yelling at us because we thought it wasn't private property. We thought it was uh, Crown Land. Yeah. <laughs> so he was pretty mad. Um, we calmed him down. Um, but, you know, if, like, if we're going to do a wildland scenario, um, yeah. like where we're doing bumper runs and something, yeah. and we need to use people's yards, then it would be knocked on the door and be like, "Hey, can we get mm-hmm. your yard?" And that'd be that'd be probably days days in advance. It wouldn't be that's like right. that minute. <laughs> that's what we've done before. Like when we did a bunch of our bumper run stuff, uh, but one of the big subdivisions, um, they went up and talked to the the people in the streets where we're going to be uh, yeah. focusing on the certain areas and advised them and and asked permission. Actually, hey, do you mind if we kind of like come up by your house and we're looking at like some triaging things that we look at? And yeah. they're like, hundred percent, absolutely, come on by. Yeah. yeah. Most people are good with it, as yeah. long as we're not being too much of a jackass. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> oh, for sure. But, like, I always bring it back to, like, what would that person do in a real emergency? Like, if that was a real call. Yeah, like, does it matter? Like, it's training? we would be heroes for doing it then, but yeah. because it was training, yeah. we're assholes. Yeah. yeah. Like, exactly. a legend. Like, to me, it doesn't, uh, yeah, to me, it doesn't really matter if we're doing a uh, big scenario or if we're doing, mm-hmm. uh, if, or if it's real. I'm actually um, surprised that we the setup that we had and the trucks and the lights and everything we had we going on more. that we did not have more looky loos because sure. usually you do on a real scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We had the odd person, like we were at the lake, we had the odd person walk by like, Oh, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just, yeah, sweet. Like, yeah. yeah. I think again, because it was Thursday night, 
and it ringtones like oh it's practicing yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i think going back i mean we do our best to try and communicate what we're doing with general public um but there is a limit we can't spend a huge amount of time making everybody happy yeah and yeah i mean the one time i sorry the one time we do uh communicate other than uh if it's not a scenario is if we're doing uh, like live fire. Live fire. Yeah. We usually post that on uh, Facebook. Hey, we're doing live fire tonight. Especially if it's you're not. Gonna, on a, you're gonna see smoke. Yeah. You're gonna see. And if it's not on a Thursday night, we definitely uh, yes. like it's a Saturday because we'll do some stuff with other other agents, other departments. Yeah. It's like on a Saturday, we'll definitely post. Hey, you're gonna see some smoke mm-hmm. in the training ground area. That's right. And we also call dispatch. One thing I did do, I, I did call dispatch um, about the over embankment and the water. Yes. Because I'm like, yeah, you got a guy. There's a body floating in the lake. <laughs> like, oh, this is gonna be a good call. And then I realized, oh no, it's gonna be dark. No one's gonna be able to see us. <laughs> but yeah, we had, you know, we called dispatch, told them. So. It was actually cool because dispatch even offered. She's like, "Well, do you want me to page it out for you guys? Like, do you want me to do a realistic page?" I was like, mm-hmm. "No, because it, because it, just because of the trickiness of the timing it exactly when we wanted the two things to happen." Yeah, I, yeah. I'm like, no, it'll just be better. It would have turned into, if that was a real call, I feel that would have went differently, and we potentially would have cut and run on the ropes and just taken the rescue truck and left our guys but Kevin just would have got up and we would have broken down the yeah. training oh for sure right yeah um, unless both yeah no which is cool though like dispatch has done that for us before um, and they're super awesome to do it so yeah um, there's times when that can come into play I didn't want guys ripping around code 3 no. Yeah. rip around the neighborhood code, the mm-hmm. code three mm-hmm. yeah like we've had them do a real page to the training grounds before yeah, so then you realize real. like oh wait a minute until we get a real car until we get five cars lit on fire in yeah. real real time yeah, yeah. <laughs> what just happened why are we training on Tuesday afternoon <laughs> yeah. yeah anyway so yeah. Uh, anything else to add on that I don't think so I think yeah I mean it's too bad some people get upset or yeah. something like that, but there was signage in place. Um, it's a new practice, and mm-hmm. it's a, this is the training night. Yeah. I think everyone will, will always continue to do our best for communicating to general public for training events, but Absolutely. can't keep everybody happy. Yeah. Nope. Uh, anything to add on the scenario stuff? I don't think so. Okay. No. no. It's back to the like, scenarios are kind of our... Mm-hmm. It's like our final exam. I mean, yes, other yeah. than actually doing the thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's like you know, I always look at it as like we do, we train, 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 and then we do the test. Right. And so again, you have to do scenario based yeah. training. God, mm-hmm. you, you can't just practice in simulated, you know, small yeah. little events, right? Mm-hmm. You, you got to tie it together with scenario based. Yeah. Well, my other line of work, we were talking about how before um, we got um, sim rounds for our, mm-hmm. our guns, mm-hmm. how it used to be all rubber guns. And everyone would be like, pew, 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 I got you. <laughs> and no one really cared. Like, people were just like, you know, they make gun noises and people, and they had, like, they had their rubber gun. And um, there's no feedback because mm-hmm. the bad guy steps out and they go bang, bang, bang. And the guy falls over and you take cover and you do this and that. Um, it, was that a scenario? Kind of. But as soon as they made it reality based, like, so now they tried the sim rounds and so now there's, uh, um, now the bad guy is shooting back, right? And now that pain is in there. That that feedback. Now it's like okay. Now the guys are actually getting adrenaline spiked. They're getting mm-hmm. that like they're getting that high that pressure mm-hmm. that wouldn't happen when you have a rubber gun. No, because even when we teach 
um, at, at the academy, we you know we start with rubber guns. Obviously, we do all this rubber gun stuff, and and I always joke with the guys, um, the, the recruits. I'm like, yeah, you guys are like a bunch of Jason Bournes right now, because they're like, you know, they're going down hallways, they're going into rooms, doing room clearing. I'm like, yeah, you guys are doing awesome. I said, now wait until we get now wait until we start shooting back, <laughs> and then it's like, ah. <laughs> so the Jason Bourne shit goes out the window, <laughs> and then it's more realistic, <laughs> which right. and and that really just it gives that feedback of this is more really what's going to happen, and they need to know that stuff, and that's the same thing with us. Like yeah. the most realistic thing we can do, like mm-hmm. you know, we have fires going, we we'll, we'll blow stuff up sometimes, we'll have a guy in the lake. Like, okay. You can't be more realistic than swimming on your underwear in a freezing cold lake. Yes. <laughs> Going to rescue a guy. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah. yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Good on no, them for sure. doing that. Yeah. That was awesome that those guys just basically made it happen. Yeah. You know, so that was sweet. One thing I'll I, I'll just kind of add on, on the backside of all of that is um, like that 30-second report to VHS, right? right? Mm-hmm. So I was never close to the patient. Until we were, like, done, done. And then Matt gave me, like, a quick five-second blurb or whatever. Um, And he gave me some some really good pointers. Like, I, if I'm chatting with you guys, I'll, like, point and be like, this is what I see and this is what we're talking about, right? And he's like, I want you, like, hyper-focused on me and give me all the info that you have quickly. Um, And I think looking back if that was a real scenario more so like I, matt couldn't have been the guy because like matt stepped out and then is now like i am ehs right. so like i would have gotten matt to give the report but then before me i would have gotten rob to give the report because you were still in charge of the patient with way right. more contact than i ever had yeah. but i still took a lot of really good learning points from that um he He's like, okay, here, this is, I'm going to give you some quick info. Now I want you to give me a patient report based off of this. And once we had that quick five second chat, right. boom, it worked out like, you know, flawlessly. But in a large scene like that, the IC shouldn't be the one giving the patient report because I'm no. No. so far removed from it. Right. Um, but still some very good points were taken from it. Um, things that I will use moving forward as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love scenarios. And I love when there's hiccups. Sure. If things go flawlessly, you don't really learn anything. You're like, oh, yay, us, we're great. Sure. Clap, clap. But when things, when you do have hiccups, you're like, great. Like, I'm seeing failures. I'm seeing how we overcome failures in, a, like, a real-life experience. I'm hopeful we will never make those again because now we see, like, where those flaws were. Let's, let's now correct before we have it again so amazing i had a lot of fun Ooh. yeah no that's that's super important is that that handover report uh you want it uh you want it short and sweet but you want it detailed right mm-hmm. i remember uh, back to the rtac course we took a couple of years ago um when i was ic for the what do you call it armageddon yeah or armageddon yeah, and yeah. then you were running my triaging tarps yeah and uh dr nick came over to talk mm-hmm. to me because i was the ic and he's like and he was acting as a paramedic he comes up to me he's like uh, I need a patient handover report for these patients. I'm like, well, Todd's the guy that you're gonna be talking to. He's like, yeah. oh, I said, yeah. I'm like, I'm the IC. I'm over all the overseen. I'm like, Todd's the guy you're gonna be talking to because mm-hmm. he's been he's been directly in contact with them. Yeah. Okay. So I went over. Todd's. I didn't even hear what you said, but he's he's pretty happy. So so he did the thing. Yeah. I mean, he was pretty stoked on how we handle everything. So, yeah, not getting tied in, not trying to be like, oh, I can handle this. I'm the IC. 
Exactly. Yeah, it looks like he's got a sore neck because he's got a neck collar on and um, <laughs> maybe something's wrong with his toe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. like, or I can just say, this is a guy. <laughs> you don't have to be the guy for everything if you're the IC. You don't have to be in Absolutely. charge of everything. No, you yeah. need the guy in charge yeah. of that patient-specific yeah. care. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which would have been mad. So yeah. that threw me for a loop. But then mm-hmm. in hindsight, like afterwards, I thought about it. And I'm like, I really should have deferred to Rob right. being like at least the person... That was running the show there. You mm-hmm. at least had way more info than I did. Um, so, but all in all, it was still a really good learning point. So. Yeah. Handover reports, uh, our service got a lot better at doing different handover stuff and, mm-hmm. and of course, acronyms and stuff. So, uh, our newest, latest one that we're, that we all practice right now is um, at MIST. It's called so age, time, mechanism, injuries, signs, meaning like your, your vital signs and GCS level, mm-hmm. and then what treatment you've given. Right. Um, already, right? So you want to keep it very simple and short, like I said, short and sweet, but very, very specific to, you know, it is Scott, he's this old, um, this is the injuries, this is the time, this is the vital signs, and mm-hmm. this is what we've done for him. Perfect. Thank you. So, which I think in the end was very, very similar to what our, ha- huh. our handover turned out to be. I think for that scene, it was we had a 30 year old male alcohol on board, uh, bike over bank. Um, We've got him packaged, collared. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're working on vials now because yeah. it was secondary. Like we made sure he was ready to rock before we dove any further. Mm-hmm. Um, on FR for a second. So FR call because we're just getting into that. Um, got a four-person truck. So you got driver, captain, two responding firefighters that are doing the the work. Yeah. Who would give the handover report in that situation? Do you think? Uh, and that one, it should be uh, whichever firefighter is kind of the, the lead right. attendant, mm-hmm. if you will, for whatever. So, not, so in that case, not the that. captain, because the captain would be nope. doing the medical Cap- captain is, uh, mm-hmm. like you said, you're, you're uh, detached, right? Yeah. So, uh, like I said, the, the, the smoothest calls I've attended on as a paramedic, you roll in, and if you have FR there for support, if they're um, generally there before you, you know, that captain, he's already, he's got... Uh, uh, care card information, your medical card, uh, past medical history, any ID, meds, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then he helped coordinate and, and communicate to any other guys that he has to um, start clearing a path for the paramedics right. and stretcher and stuff yep. coming in as well, right? Mm-hmm. So he's, it's, it's just like our fire scene. It's, you know, your, yep. your instant commander or your team leader who's kind of overseeing everything. Mm-hmm. But if I'm the captain, I don't need to know what's wrong with him. Yeah. Not right. at all. Like, I will wait for that attendant tell me hey cap i need this and this and this okay well maybe we need more stuff from the truck or whatever right mm-hmm. um and then that way it, it just works so much smoother so as, as you roll in as a paramedic um you know that co- that captain will, will hand you over all the uh, patient details um to the driver as the paramedic that's kind of the driver's role uh, and then the attendant can focus specifically on the patient and that's when that uh, uh attendant for the firefighter uh will give you that that hands-on report right so yeah, that that model definitely works the best because you don't you're doing too many things, and if you're not the ones in there asking that patient questions and having that one on one with them, you're not going to get all the deep, you, you, that yeah, critical yeah. information. Yeah. There's no full full story, no. right? 
And if the guy hands over the sheet that he's been writing everything down on, great. But you're still reading somebody else's chicken scratch. Like, it's supposed to be no, logical. You need it's a face-to-face -face report. Yeah. You need that face-to-face -face report yeah. of somebody that's... Well, even the officer, I can't see him writing everything down because he's going to be digging around trying to find medical mm -hmm. cards and all that stuff. So he's not going to be yeah. writing down, like, oh, I got this, I got that. Yeah. If the guys are there, if they have time to do vitals before the paramedics arrive, yeah. it's always super handy to know that the baseline already yeah. are. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have them there, right? So then I can see if there's any changes. It's not going to change any treatment plan that I'm doing. I'm still going to do my own vitals, etc., and continue mm -hmm. on. Um, but it's super important to have that knowledge. Absolutely. I think one good note, too, is the... Because um, right now, we don't have all of our guys that are that far. And I don't think we'll ever have all of our guys that are that far. Um, I mean, eventually, probably, you know, years down the road, because every new guy now needs to get that far within yeah. a couple of years. Mm -hmm. But there's still, you know, some guys that... Uh, some of our senior guys, you know, they, A, don't have time because they're working, like, full-time. Some guys have mm -hmm. two or three jobs going. Mm -hmm. uh, or, B, they're just like, you know what? I've been in firefighting for 20 years without FR. I don't need it. Um, but they still want to be involved. And we just had this meeting the other night, and we were like, well, you know, they can drive. Um, yeah. But I think some people took that as like, well, I'm just what, I'm just chauffeuring you around now. It's like, well, no. like, And Carrie had a good point because she works as a paramedic. She's like, the drivers are actually really, really helpful because they're out by the truck. Yeah. And the captain can be like, hey, we need the, the stair chair. So they can go grab that. We need a clamshell. Mm -hmm. uh, we need more of this. We need more of that. Um, so they almost have to know the ambulance, like not inside out, but they need to know where stuff is, and they're going to be super helpful. You're you're a great part of that team as a bit of a gopher too, right? Yeah. Um, and the other flip side is, um, we'd always have a lot of departments that they would park with the tailboard to the entrance of where we're going. Hmm. Um, then you get the departments that totally block the entire driveway, and now you're screwed because <laughs> the ambulance is parked even further back and it's paying the ass to get the stretcher to it. So yeah. if you're parking that, that fire truck, that brat is so there's enough room. So the tailboard is at that driveway. So as I'm approaching, I say, okay, perfect. That's the house we're going to. As I'm approaching, that engineer or chauffeur or driver, he would p pull up even further. So now, guess where my back bumper is on the ambulance? Right at that driveway. So right. I don't have to wheel it that extra 30, 50 feet. Mm -hmm. uh, so they would pull up... Um, for you more, give us some more space. We'd park, all of our shit would be right there at that entrance of the driveway. So you're like, the driveway's going like this so way, helpful. and they pull up here, and yeah, they pull up for the floor. Right? Yeah, so then as we would come up to that, they'd, they'd pull forward a little bit, mm -hmm. enough from that ambulance cool. park. They'd come out and check in, say, hey, yeah, this is where they are. Go through this door. Maybe you're going through the back door. Hey, yeah, guys, enter from the back. That's where they are. Right? Yeah. Give, give right. you that information. That's so cool. Like, I, I feel in the next few weeks and months, um, this is where our training should kind of fall to because we want to get into this. Mm -hmm. yeah. It would actually be nice having you because you've seen um, multiple <laughs> fire departments yeah. doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. And we want to kind of hit the ground. And it's no, it's no difference than the fire scene. Like, yeah. we talk about where we park. What's the best, yeah. safest, most yeah. efficient way to, to park the apparatus? Yeah. Who is, it's, what the roles yeah. are. It's, it's slightly it's different, though, thing. because uh, with us, we're the show when we show up for a fire. Like, we're like, yeah. <laughs> we're like we're not thinking about where paramedics or cops are parking. We're like, yeah. screw you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we're the show here. Where's the rest now of it's like, now, park? like, for an FR call, it's like, we're not the show. The ambulance is the yeah. show. We got to make room for them. The <laughs> flip side of that is sometimes what happens when I have pulled up on scenes and there's a ladder truck in the way and they don't, you know, take that extra step to move so you can park appropriately. Um, we end up parking very close to their bumper. And we started, we weren't even quite ready to go. And this ladder truck starts flying in reverse towards me. I had to, slide, I had to hit him in reverse and mad or else I was going to get run over. So, yeah, the, you want to leave that space. Right. But it's all those little things you, you don't think about until you get 
you know, caught in that situation. Well, that'd be the thing, right? Because we don't yeah. think about these things. Yeah. We're not, again, we don't really worry about what paramedics are doing. We worry about what we're doing. But if you're yeah. if you're rolling up and you got four or five guys in a truck on an FR call, that is awesome. Because I don't want to see five guys walk in um, and be standing in the living room when I'm walking in there. It's, it's still patient confidentiality, and you want to make people feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because patient care is pretty huge. But uh, like I said you got your your kind of two two attendant and, and driver roles yep. for the term of the ambulance work. Um, so you got your two, one guy going to be taking vitals, one guy going to be getting the full history, that captain can be standing back, getting all that information. So it's, just, it's, a, it's yeah. a lot tighter full circle of information. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's where I can see like three or four on the truck yeah. could work with a duty officer going direct. No duty officer not going direct. He's coming in. That's true. Yes. Yes, correct. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. But even at minimum three it would be great. Two, it mm-hmm. could, it's a little tight. Like that, that third role is so key. And with that fourth role, when you're specifically talking about the driver, mm-hmm. like when, when you're talking about parking and approaching the scene, yeah. that helps huge. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. When you mm-hmm. hear, give us a... Uh, yeah, just to, talk about yeah, that. Yeah. That'd be good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've beaten this horse to death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Modus. <laughs> what did somebody say? Somebody commented on our page the other day. He said whenever something weird happens at, the, at his hall, he just goes under his breath, Modus. <laughs> he goes, I laugh, no one else does. <laughs> I love it though. Totally off topic, <laughs> Modus. Yeah. Uh, one of you guys did the Modus thing. I gotta find who that is so we can give him a shout out. <laughs> nice. Um, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, Modus, so snagger tool, um, force entry gear, soft entry gear, um, all their packs, their pocket organizers. Uh, they've got a ton of stuff. They have new O-strap. Uh, so really cool deal there. Apartment pack shit. Or Cleveland rolls. Huh? Or possibly for Cleveland rolls. Cleveland rolls, yep. yeah. nice. Which is awesome. So uh, check that out. Can't wait to get our hands on that. Um, check out their socials, check out ours because we have some info out there as well. And if you like what you see, GTFF5 is going to get you 5% off your next purchase. And Ray Allen Schwartz, the second, the second, <laughs> well, it says two, so I'm assuming yeah. this is the second. Mm-hmm. Um, or tail, yeah, <laughs> or his last name's Ale, I don't know. Um, anytime a conversation goes a little off the rails in my department, I say most. <laughs> no one gets it, but I laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, perfect, that's great. Uh, stop the bleed uh stop the bleed.org go online check it out um the the big three rules for um stopping the bleed is uh direct pressure tourniquet application and don't forget about the wound packing and then uh the other wound care stuff for that um make sure your tourniquet is ready and on you um prime example (laughs) i was running my chainsaw on the weekend and uh getting a little lazy the back was getting a little sore and chain flipped off and smoked me in a junctional area <laughs> and the first thing i thought i was like fuck my kit's in the truck because <laughs> it hurt <laughs> looked down started leaking all right <laughs> put my hand on it walked over the truck grabbed some gauze kept working <laughs> but my mind did go there i was like shit i don't have it in my pocket mm-hmm. anyways yes stop the bleed <laughs> and for all those cool kits that I have, rescuecentrals.com. Um tons of tons of 
tons of different suppliers and, and bags and kits to choose from. A lot of good stuff to be products for training aids uh, with the True Clot stuff, which makes it uh, very uh, realistic, which is great to use for training aids. Um, yeah, go online, check them out. They have a lot of great products to, that'll really uh, step up your game for training and personal packs. Uh, Tanner Olson, uh, country music out of the west coast of Canada, um, doing some live shows. Um, sounds like, because we're getting into the whole, in, in BC here, we're getting into the whole vaccine passport deal, mm-hmm. like much of the country is, and sounds like the states is as well. Um, not talking about any of the other, like, political side of it, um, but hopefully with some of these passports, they're going to open up some of the um, venue sizes. Nice. And, yeah, hopefully we can get back to live concerts. Live. We thought we were going to get do it in spring, and then, uh, what's it, what wave are we in now? <laughs> fourth wave fourth wave fourth wave hit and we're all yeah. back to small shows and it's gonna be hard yeah yeah so we'll see we'll see where this passport thing takes us and yeah all this other stuff so. uh tenor also check them out spotify and facebook's mm-hmm. and that's it i think yeah. i'm sure he's on other things too but he's on tiktok he's got youtubes yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And finally, us. Um, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. I don't think we've updated any of those lately. Uh, we updated Facebook, obviously. Yeah. Um, we actually just took That's some pictures, kind of of yeah. pictures of uh, your wedding day with mm-hmm. drinking the whiskey and challenge coins and yep. mm-hmm. riding on tailboards. Ah, that was awesome. That was so good. <laughs> so fun on the tailboard. The, the, best, again. <laughs> the best is... So, what year is it? 1950... Is it a four? Six? What? Forty. Is it forty? I thought it was fifty. No. No, Forty-seven? I thought it was fifties. I don't know. You guys are truck guys. Remember. It's old. Old it's ass old. truck. Yeah. So what our old, you know, kind of parade truck, uh, we're bombing around, the chief's driving it. Um <laughs> I won't say anything about his age. <laughs> <laughs> we thought we were going code three the way he was driving. Because <laughs> we're like, because uh, this is the same truck we use for Christmas trucks. So I'm used to going like like five uh, kilometers an hour. <laughs> yeah. We were like, are we going to a structure fire? <laughs> we're <laughs> just down the street. <laughs> um, and that's why we come up, we take a corner, and all of a sudden, <laughs> kind of half dies, and we kind of chug to the side of the road. <laughs> Bob pokes that out. She's dead, boys! <laughs> he says something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got it going again. <laughs> we slowly chug up the hill. <laughs> we could see where we had to be, but it was quite a ways up a hill. <laughs> and we're all dressed up. <laughs> yeah, like, like, uh, this might on, not maybe. go well. We made it. Jeez, made it, made it happen. And he made it, even made it back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we'll start again, but we made it back. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably the hardest that truck's been driven in a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pull some of that carbon out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there was a pretty good backfire there. Oh, yeah. This is not good. All I say is, I'm not driving, it's not my round. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, that's it. There's us. Any more for any more? No, sir. Bud. I don't think so. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. Rob. Good night. Ash. Thank you. Have a good night. Yeah, good night, and uh, stay safe. Stay DTFF.